This is the John Oakley Show podcast. You might recall we were uh, talking to the head of Unifor, Jerry Diaz, who was complaining about uh, the people who are placed in uh, precarious situations in the long-term care facilities, the nursing homes, the hospitals, people that he represents uh, as part of the overall union and uh, feeling that there's somehow uh, a real lack of commitment from the people uh, in charge, the government that uh, they're not addressing the concerns of the frontline workers. They're not brought, brought, uh, brought into consultation. And uh, so he was getting a lot said in that regard. I thought we'd hear from somebody who's directly involved, not as a union head per se, but somebody who is a coordinator of the Decent Work and Health Network, a registered nurse herself. Carolina Jimenez has joined the Oakley Show this afternoon. Carolina, good afternoon. Good afternoon, John. How are you? I'm very good. How are you holding up? I'm doing well. Good. Well, that's important to note. Uh, And so I was reading with interest because some of the background of the people that you're representing, and I'm just curious because, I mean, we knew Diaz uh, coming from the Unifor uh, group of 250,000 across the country. What is this Decent Work and Health Network that you represent? Yeah, so the Decent Work and Health Network is a group of health providers across Canada. So we're nurses, doctors, public health professionals who understand that bad jobs are detrimental to the health of our patients and the public at large. Now, is this a, an association or a union? Are you unionized folk? No, we're a nonprofit organization who advocate for evidence-based uh, public policy so that we can protect our patients. I got you. Well, okay. Uh, If ever there was a time where there was a focus on people in precarious work, now would be the the time. So what are your principal concerns that like uh, the people that you do represent besides doctors, uh, nurses and the like, if I get it right, uh, you even got folks in hospitals who are cleaning staff uh, and beyond that too. But uh, it it encompasses everybody, I guess, that is put in harm's way. Uh, and not adequately protected, I guess, is the point. What are the major issues then confronting your folk? Yeah, that's exactly right. So we're a group of health providers, but we also work with a a variety of other um, sectors to advocate for these policies. And just like you mentioned, and this is the reason why we had the press conference this morning, um, because what we're seeing right now is uh, the direct health impact of the poor working conditions with these essential workers and what the impact that has had on COVID-19 transmission rates. We're seeing that the working conditions of essential frontline workers um, has led to an explosion of cases that could have been prevented um, had adequate policies like paid sick days uh, been in place from the outset. And so we had a lovely um, press conference this morning. We heard um, from personal support workers. We heard from long-term care workers, um, as well as uh, cleaners and and grocery store workers, the people who are really out there um, keeping our our society uh, functioning. And we we had several demands, yeah. So explain to me how the paid sick days or paid emergency leave days, uh, why they're crucial. Yeah, so we are demanding at least 14 days of paid emergency leave during public health emergencies like the one we're in right now, plus at least seven paid sick days on a permanent basis for all workers. Um, and we actually had paid sick days in 2018. Um, we had uh, we had them, but the four governments um, scrapped them. And so what's really important about the paid sick days um, is that the one thing that essential workers can do right now to prevent the spread of COVID-19 is to stay home 
if you're sick, right? We hear this all the time, even during flu season. And especially right now, even if a worker has the sniffles, I mean, which this could be a cold or an allergy, um, you know, we have to stay home until the swabs come back, right? They come back negative, Uh hopefully. Um, Uh But when workers don't have paid sick leave, it puts them in the impossible position of choosing between paying your bills and just risking and going into work anyway. And unfortunately, this is um, what we've seen is is the case. um, And it is just not good public policy. So again, not having the legislated paid sick days leaves workers with little choice. to, to, to do um, the work that they really want to do. And so that's why we're saying that frontline workers, um, we really do deserve and need these policies to keep ourselves safe, but to also continue to keep the public safe. I'm assuming you also represent the interests of part-time staff. Exactly. And so that's another one of the issues that we have seen, and especially, um, for example, um, one of the grocery store workers that was at the press conference earlier today, you know, stories of, you know, them having one job during the day, another during the evening, a separate job during the weekend. Um, and so the, the reality is that workers in these positions, the workers who are considered essential, have to work multiple jobs so that they can make ends meet. And these jobs often don't have the benefits, right? Like the paid sick leave benefit, which is so crucial right now, and also as a permanent measure um, for things like, you know, seasonal flu and things like that. All right. When we talk about better wages, for example, uh, and that's been discussed for some of the folks in these long-term care facilities, uh, that's really become a hot topic uh, where you've seen some folks abandoning their post because the argument was they don't want to put themselves in harm's way. They're not being paid enough. And we've had that discussion, uh, a robust one, actually, yesterday and uh, day before. Now the government's talking about topping up those wages, the federal government, as well as provincially. And uh, perhaps new regulations will come into effect saying there's got to be a basic minimum wage uh, for anybody working in these facilities. And some of the things that you're also suggesting, the paid sick days, uh, better staffing rather than part-timers who are not given the benefits and so on and so forth. Are you confident that these things are coming into into play or is it only going to be in the long-term care sector? I'm feeling really concerned that it's only going to be in the long-term care sector. And the other thing, John, is that, you know, they're saying that these are are temporary measures, but we know that we're in this situation because we didn't have these protections to begin with. And we need these protections as a permanent measure. Yes, having, you know, the the wage top-ups and the full-time staff are important, um, you know, right now, but they're important always. Precarious work is a health hazard always. Um, we're just seeing the, you know, the COVID crisis just really bringing it to light. Um, and not only is it just long-term care workers, we need um, those protections in place for all workers, for cleaners, right? Cleaners are the backbone of the healthcare system. If the rooms don't get cleaned, um, you know, you don't have any patient turnover, and that's a risk for for everyone. So. Um, that is my concern. Um, we need these protections for all workers and um, on a permanent basis, absolutely. All right. So what you're saying is government regulation and standards ought to be imposed upon private operators. So we're speaking about um, changing the Employment Standards Act, which really just lifts the floor. It helps ensure that all workers um, 
are, you know, have these protections in place so that they can do the work safely and that they can keep protecting us. Well, uh, it seems like there's uh, a real currency to what you're arguing. I mean, TTC drivers stayed off of work, uh, many of them yesterday. In New York, nurses are suing over the lack of PPE. I don't know how that will play out. uh, But again, these are principal concerns that people are not adequately taken care of or given the proper protections. And that includes from wages right on through to uh, paid sick days and emergency days so that uh, they don't have to or they don't feel they're working under duress or going in pressured because they need the work and the money. Uh, All right, we'll see where this one goes. Uh, Is there anything by way of follow-up that you plan to propose to the government, or was it just a... See, I missed the press conference. You'll have to excuse me, Carolina, but uh, where do you take this next? Yeah, so we've actually been, you know, demanding this for for quite a long time now. This is um, our second press conference. We had an open letter in February. We had another press conference um, in March when we were at the precipice of community uh, transmission and you know, th- what we said exactly was going to happen did happen. And so we will absolutely be continuing um, to, to fight for paid sick days, to fight for our collective health. Um, and for folks who want to get involved with the movement, they can check out our website at decentworkinhealth.org. Um, and like I said earlier, yes, we're a group of health providers, but we're also a group of community members who are concerned about the conditions um, to frontline workers. All right. Well, I appreciate your coming on and bringing it to our attention. Carolina Jimenez, a registered nurse and the coordinator of the Decent Work and Health Network. Thanks so much for your time. Stay well. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio. 